Welcome back to the Krypton Podcast. Once again, I am one of your hosts, Aaron Moss. Joining me as usual, I have my other host, Mr. Pat Sampson. Hey, Pat. Hello, Aaron. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. And you? I'm doing all right. Ready to talk from Krypton. Let's and do it. <laughs> speaking of Krypton, or Krypton, uh, joining us also from uh, for, uh, Forever Superman Radio, we have Mr. Bob Fisher. Hey, Bob. Well, hi, guys. How are you tonight? I am ready to talk some. I am ready to talk some Krypton too. I, I, I am just ready, willing, and able to talk Krypton. Well, I always enjoy having you on. So, oh, it's always a pleasure. I, I like jumping in like this, and uh, you know, there's this is the good part of being a podcaster like this, since I can you know jump in and be a guest periodically. I don't have to a lot of study, no real <laughs> prep, you know, it's no homework, no, you know, I don't have to do any editing or production <laughs> or worry. I can just come in, talk Krypton with some friends and just say, hey, that was fun. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> All right. Well, first, uh, before we get started with the show proper, I do want to make an announcement. Uh, again, I've introduced myself. I introduced Pat's. Uh, our third host, Matt Moore, that's normally with us, due to his own life and some other stuff he's got working on, uh, he did announce to us last night that he won't be joining us any longer. He planned on being with us tonight, but uh, due to a snowstorm in the area, he's not able to make it. So I don't know if we'll get him back on for one final episode or not, see if we can squeeze him in. But I do want to say we only worked for a short time, but it was a pleasure working with you, Matt, and... Again, hope you continue listening to the show and let us know what you think. Pat, do you have anything you want to add or? No, I think I think you said it all. I appreciate Matt and spending some time with us and getting to know him. He's a great guy. Yeah. Best best of luck. Bye, Matt. <laughs> I was just getting to Matt. Bye, yeah. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Air paths will cross at some other time, I'm sure. Oh, as it does with podcasters, we'll we'll meet again somewhere and Superman fans, so you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it does all come back to Superman. I heard that somewhere. Copyright Michael. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah I was going to say copyright that Michael Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Michael Bailey's big thing. It all comes back to Superman. Yeah. Maybe that man's in his knowledge of bringing any show to back to Superman. <laughs> yeah. But that's, before there was Superman, there was Jor El. Yes. And before there was Jor El, there was his father, and they lived on Krypton. Yes. Or if you're How's that for a segue? There you go. Yep. <laughs> just so like just like I planned it. Just so like. leave it leave it to you, Bob, to get us back on track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why they call you Bring Them Back Bob. Bring us back, Bob. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> and that's totally unusual for me to bring us back. I'm usually the one knocking it off the track. <laughs> Speaking of Krypton, <laughs> uh, we got yeah. some, I do have some casting news. <laughs> Uh, first up, there's uh, a lady named Paula Malcolmson. She was on the show Ray Donovan. She's scheduled to play, I mispronounce this, Charis, C-H-A-R-Y-S, the matriarch of House L. She's going to play Segel's mother. I'm not familiar with the actress. I'm not familiar with the show Ray Donovan, so I can't really comment on her. Uh, Pat, are you familiar with the actress or the show, Ray Donovan? Uh, no, I'm not, and I didn't have any time to... You do some deeper research into that, so failed us already. I'm sorry. You didn't do any prep work, jeez. You're acting like Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not alone. <laughs> well, yeah, and I don't, I don't know her either. Actually, yep. 
She uh, was born in 1970 in Belfast, it looks like. I was going to say an older woman, but she's actually a bit younger than I am, so she's not an older woman after all. Uh, Northern Ireland. She was in She was in the Hunger Games as Katniss's mother. I haven't watched the show. I haven't oh, actually read okay. the book. Yeah, Katniss's yeah, mother. Yeah, I didn't see that either. Uh, she's been in a few shows here and there, Fringe, Private Practice. She's been acting, it looks like, since 92. So she's been in a few things. A few things I actually may have seen her in. I just don't recognize her offhand. Yeah, probably seen her. And you, uh, yeah, she's probably one of those you know character type actors that you just really can't put your finger on, but you've seen her all over the place. So she's probably been. I'm, I've probably seen her in other shows somewhere because a couple of, you mentioned I've, yeah, I've seen the shows, of, but she didn't jump on. Couple episodes of Lost, ER, Deadwood, mm. Criminal Minds. Yeah, she's been yeah. in quite a bit of well, things. Criminal so. Minds is one of my favorite all time shows. So. If she's been there, I've seen her. But I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen every Criminal Minds. So, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, and a lot, she was in uh, two episodes of Lost. Yep. Hey, again, I don't wow. know much about Segel's mother. I, I know little about Segel and even less about his mom. So, I, I, it's an open book at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bob, you're the, you're the post Christ Superman. Guy, do you know? Have they do they show much of Segel's mother in the, any of the books? No, not at all, really. And I think that's actually one of the beauties of the show and picking the timeline that they've chosen is that most of the time when the stories go to Krypton, it's all about Jor-El and Laura, even a young Jor-El. But right. you rarely, rarely get him uh, Jor-El. So we're going to be, and I think that's one of the things they can take the the, the sandbox of Krypton. But uh, play with her as that existed before the stuff we know of. It gives them a little more latitude, a little more freedom that way. That way, guys like me won't be saying, you know, Jarrell didn't do that. So <laughs> I'm right you know, there with so, you. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, you know, that kind of gets them off the hook on, on uh, a little bit. And they can then just kind of concentrate, I think, on making it a good sci-fi show and bringing in elements of Krypton that we know in House of L and leading up to um, – you know, obviously, the last scene of, you know, the series in five to ten years should be, you know, the rocket taking off. That's the last scene. I don't think we're going to get that far since Bye-bye, it, Krypton. <laughs> that would be nice. I don't think we're going to get that far since it's supposed to be like 200 years before Krypton explodes. And Yeah, well, if it gets really popular, you know, they do this thing, you, you know, know, mid-season or off-season. They'll do this thing, you know, where they come back the next season and it'll say, you know, ten years later. Jump ahead. Pick yeah. it up. You know, it's TV. Well, they, they'll do what they want to do. This is what's, the av- yeah. what's the average lifespan of a Kryptonian? That's another good question. Okay. That's a good question. Yeah, um, it's never brought up in the comics per se. Yeah, it was a little longer than us, uh, but I think they were around that 125 to 150 years, I think. Remember from somewhere, but it wasn't something that they concentrated on. It wasn't that they, you know, mentioned it all the time. But something tells me it was like twice human lifespan or something. But yeah, so it's only on Krypton. I always assume it was about human life, maybe a little longer because of their advanced science. Right. But I don't know if it was ever mentioned. I know that it's been mentioned that Superman on Earth could possibly live forever. But right under the yellow sun, right the Kryptonians could probably live. You know, it's They're it's unknown how long they could live. Right, but because uh, there's been plenty of stories where. Superman just basically almost outlives Earth. So, right. you know, uh, there have mm-hmm. been those. But, but going the other way, how long 
did a Krypton actually live on Krypton? What was their lifespan? I'm not sure I've ever heard anybody mention that. I think there was one story that jumped in my brain, a Silver Age story. But it's it's kind of hard for Silver Age. Where do you fit that into anything nowadays? Right. You know, right. Uh, it, it was just that story that time back then in 1958 or something. <laughs> somebody said Kryptonians live for 150 years. Was yeah, oh, it Kryptonian years or Earth years? <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly. true. It's, yeah. How long is a Kryptonian? Something years? like that stuck in my head, you know, all <laughs> years. So, huh. who knows? That's good knowledge to know. Good knowledge to know. You never know when you're going to get asked that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of jump around in time, uh, we also have a casting for Brainiac. Uh, Mr. Blake Ritson is scheduled to play Brainiac in the show. Mm. Do we know yet what kind of Brainiac? Who is Bra- Are they going with the animated thing where Brainiac is part of a Kryptonian tech? Or is he alien tech, a Kaluan or whatever? Is We don't know exactly from what I've heard. What mm-hmm. I have heard on it, let me see real quick. I'm looking, and it says that uh, this is from uh, Den of Geeks. Uh, Blake Ritson, he's in Da Vinci's Demons. He's playing Brainiac, making the only second actor to play the role in live action. Brainiac is one of Superman's greatest enemies. It is long overdue to get the full-blown sci-fi treatment he deserves. Deadline describes this version of the character as a parasitic, hyper-advanced alien android of immense intelligence. So that's what I've heard about him. Okay, I like that. If they're going with that one sentence as descriptor, the thing that I do like about it is it does say it is an alien android with a high intelligence. It's not a Kryptonian text. Uh, which is in Superman, the animated series, they made Brainiac part of basically Tonian's Internet, you know. And so he had the the full knowledge of Krypton. He knew it was going to blow up. He knew all of it, but wouldn't let anybody anything about it. They made him Kryptonian tech. And I think that was the only real big misstep of that animated series. Overall, it was a good series. But when it came to Krypton and Brainiac, I think they blew it a little bit and they relied a little too much on John Byrne's Krypton. I like that description. If that's the one sentence they're going to give us, that puts me in, that's me, my Brainiac. It's the Brainiac from both the Silver Age and the Jeff Johns Brainiac of 2005. Right. To where uh, an advanced alien uh, sentient android flying around the universe doing, you know, evil android things. Uh, (laughs) I, I like that. I like that. So I'm hoping that's where they go with it. And they kind of, because uh, I think Jeff Johns did a good job of, of bringing back Brainiac for modern times in 2005 when he did that because he brought back those elements from the Silver Age. He got him away from being, um, you know, this this. I don't know, robot thing they made him. I think Jeff Johns brought back and had a really good, good Brainiac. Yeah, I remember that. So I was right before I had stopped collecting. Uh, do you have any thoughts on uh, Brainiac or Blake Ritson, Pat? He seems to, uh, looking over his kind of back filmography, he seems to have done a lot of voice acting, a lot of some video games, some other animation, anime, uh, things like that, voice acting. So that, I think, would go a long way with, you know, kind of playing that character, having that, yeah. you know, the voice I picture in my head. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's the question is, are they going to go with a human-looking are they going to paint him green or are they going to do the robotic? I think they need to go both ways. I think that's the beauty of yeah. of, of Brainiac in both Jeff Johns. And, in fact, that they did, I just remember, they did the anime version of that Jeff Johns Brainiac story and they called it uh, Unbound. 
Superman Unbound. Yeah. And it was the Brainiac story. And uh, Brainiac could do both. He could. It was almost like the ship was Brainiac. And he put he could put his essence in a humanoid form. Uh, and he looked almost Silver Age traditional green with the red things on his head and the pink costume. It was great. I loved it. It just, you know, gave me a little chilies in the back of my neck. It was great. Uh, and I'm hoping they do that kind of thing. So he can be this huge, ominous robot space thing. But he can also come down and, and uh, deal with you one-on-one, face-to-face, like he did with Superman and that. I, I think that was a really good modern story uh, based on the original. Jeff Johns did a good job with that. He does uh, have his moments where he kind of really pulls <laughs> something and he gets the essence of it, you know, and uh, uh, I really like that. So he did a good job with Brainiac. Brainiac's one of my favorite Superman villains, and uh, they don't use him enough, or maybe they use him just enough. So they don't use him enough in, in movies. I think they need to use him a little more instead of relying on Lex Luthor all the time. Right. Well, Lex that's Luthor. Another story. <laughs> yeah, it is another story. And that's exactly one of the things I did in my show is that when I talked about Lex Luthor is that no other villain of any other superhero. I don't care. Pick any superhero. They all have villains out there, every one of them. But none of them have an arch villain who has become as important to the day operations of being a character as Lex Luthor has been to Brainiac. We see more Lex Luthor than we do Perry White or Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. And until Rebirth, we saw him more than we saw Lois Lane. So (laughs) Lex Luthor is everyday Superman. No villain is everyday. That's why when you, uh, when you see Brainiac, at least when I do, when I see somebody mention, Ooh, Brainiac going to be there. Ooh, bring him up. That should be the next Man of Steel movie. That should be Man of Steel 2. Should yeah. be Brainiac. And let's see him Cavill uh, put a nice bright red cape on and go up there and beat the crap out of Brainiac. Oh, <laughs> yeah, boy. I would love <laughs> I'm sitting here drooling. I would love to yeah. see that. That'd be I think you, and I think you can do that nowadays with the, you know. Yeah, if you give the them enough they... time, CG tech is there. They can do it. They can pull off a great Brainiac now. So uh, to me, that's my little, uh, yeah, give me Brainiac. So Krypton's going to give us Brainiac. How, we don't know how soon. How soon in the series will we see Brainiac? I'm assuming he'll Do be. Do we know? We don't know anything. We don't know anything exactly. Um, we'll get that here in a minute. What we do know. <clears throat> but, uh, and real quick, the final casting news I have is Aaron Pierre, I believe his last name. And he's going to be playing Dev M. Uh, playing who? Dev M. Oh, Dev. Oh, really? Yeah. How are they doing Dev M? Oh, timey-wimey. <laughs> timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah. Yeah, Dev M, uh, uh, well, that's kind of a Legion Superboy. Yeah, that's the first time I encountered him. Back. I'd heard the name, but the first time I actually saw him was in the uh, the Superman Time After Time storyline in the post-crisis. hmm And when Superman went to the future in the Legion and he blew up the moon. So, a Dev M right. Superman. <laughs> right. Right, right. Well, uh, first time I encountered Dev M was in the 60s, probably 64, 65. Uh, same basic story. Dev M was from Krypton. He was a bad guy, but he was Superboy's age. And uh, uh, he may have been coming back in time, I thought. I thought he was from the future. I'd have to read that story again. It's been, well, 50 years, so mm, right. I forget the details. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> something like that. He was Superboy's age and came back from the future. 
because he had uh, somehow fooled the Legion into thinking he was a good guy and uh, was up for membership in the Legion. And there was a whole story, Superboy and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, 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 yeah, he was a bad guy. Are you saying they, they said he blew up Krypton, one of Krypton's moons? No, he blew up in uh, the Time After Time storyline in Superman. He blew up yeah. one of Earth's. He blew up one of Earth's. He blew up Earth's the- moon in the future. Oh, 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 right. right. Yeah, Superman was sent to the future right. to the Legion of Superheroes time. And right. on Earth, gotcha. yeah, Dev gotcha. M blew up gotcha. Earth's yes. moon. Gotcha. That may have been similar to the one I'm trying to, you know, get my little gray matter around. Well, I think they were, I think they were trying to retell, in quotes, that story. The 60s story. Yeah, yeah, they were doing it for yeah, the modern exactly. era. So Dev M is a bad guy. So we know that Dev M is a bad guy. Yes. Well, so uh, we don't have much on the announcements, just that he's going to play Dev M, so I don't know how That's interesting the that they're putting him in that timeline of Khan somehow. Interesting. I guess they're yeah. just doing, you know, grabbing, making sure that there are names that some of us Superman people will recognize. Mm. Well, they're saying he's a chiseled 20-something bad boy. There it is. So that's him. Maybe he's a time-traveling Kryptonian bad boy. We are going to have time travel, so it's a possibility. Okay. And Aaron Pierre, the guy who played him. a science fiction show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's been in only a few other shows. He's been in uh, a TV miniseries called Prime Suspect 1973. It came out this last year. Britannia mm. and The A-Word were all shows he was in Saw this last year. Saw none of those. So he's relatively he's new. He's a young black kid, mm-hmm. uh, six foot three. Wow! So I'm hoping he does good. Like I say I only know mainly Dave M from that one story I mentioned. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What are your thoughts, uh, Bob, on Aaron Pierre playing? <laughs> I say he's virtually an unknown. Well, yeah, I don't know anything about him, but um, uh, again, I like the one line description: a twenty something bad boy. And if they're going to, you know, stick to anything close to the, the comic book stuff, or even if they're not, they're just grabbing a comic and saying, that'd be cool. It'd be cool if they do make him a time traveling bad boy. And uh, the fact that they're making, you know, probably, uh, you know, a hunky, you know, good looking young black man. Uh, I think that's in James Olsen territory again. Let's, we, need to, we need our good looking young hunky men, you know, in there. Wait a minute, this isn't a W show. They can have old people on this show. It's okay. <laughs> well, it looks, I think it looks like um, Cameron Cuff's, uh, his character, uh, Segel, they're also saying that he's uh, you know in his 20s as well, too, so maybe this is his, mm. you know, partner, I want to say partner, but his, uh, you know, his opposite. or His opposite, nemesis. yeah. His antagonist or nemesis. His antagonist, yeah. yeah. At least on, on Krypton, and then I'm sure the big bad will be Brainiac. Yeah. Sounds good. They're actually putting some thought into this. And I did like a couple of the pictures. We haven't gotten there yet. Sorry. Jumped ahead. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> either, so, Pat, do you have any thoughts on uh, any of the casting we've known so far? No, not. I'm, like I said, a lot of I don't know, so I'm interested. I, you know, I don't have a, a plus or a minus on them, so yeah. I'm open-minded like on it. I like the fact that I don't really know many of these people. I am not familiar with Deb M at all, so like I said, this is all kind of new territory here. So having be, having Bob give me a, a lesson here is really great. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, that's what we like asking Bob. Don't we all get off and Google it and find out that I wasn't even close? <laughs> no, no, you were making it up. Yeah. I've been Googling it. Up. You're right on. And in fact, it says where I'm looking, written by Bob. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah I did. Key page. I forgot yep, about yep. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on from the casting news, uh, we got the synopsis for the show which I believe came from the Comic-Con from uh, Jeff Johns at San Diego's Comic-Con this last year. The synopsis says, What if Superman never existed? Set two generations before the destruction of Superman's home planet, Krypton follows Segel, the legendary Man of Steel's grandfather, who is faced with a life-and-death conflict. Save his home planet, or let it be destroyed in order to restore the fate of his future grandson. With Krypton's leadership in disarray and the House of El ostracized, Seg finds himself in a difficult position. He must redeem his family's honor and protect the ones he loves while being challenged by familiar DC characters Brainiac and earthly time traveler Adam Strange. So that's the, the synopsis of the show at this point. So I say there is going to be some time travel elements to it uh, with Adam Strange. Yeah, I'd heard, and I'd heard about Adam Hawkwoman. Strange, yeah. yeah. I've heard a casting for Hawkwoman yet, which is getting kind of strange, which I'll talk about here in a minute, but... Yeah, they've announced Adam Strange. We talked about that, I think, last episode. Sean Sippos mm-hmm. is going to play time traveler Adam Strange. And again, I read elsewhere, I say Brainiac and I think Doomsday is supposed to be traveling to the past to stop or to destroy Krypton or stop, somehow stop Superman from becoming Superman. <clears throat> and Adam Strange and Hawkwoman are traveling to try and stop him. What do you think about that, uh, Pat? It does sound interesting. Again, I'm... I'm open-minded to this, so really, really looking forward to seeing what that pilot is going to look like and uh, where they go from there. And, yeah, how they bring in Adam Strange and uh, Brainiac. The Doomsday thing is kind of interesting, too, to me as well. I'm so used to Doomsday from when he first appeared in. Right. That's my Doomsday. What's happened after that and all that, I, I really didn't. I, I'm always, It always takes me back to what was that that, that issue. Those issues of Superman when he first appeared. Oh, the death of yeah, Superman storyline? Yeah, that's Superman uh, story. Yep. That's my doomsday. I don't know what anybody else's doomsday is. but <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I like doomsday. I like the fact that he brought someone in to kill Superman. But, yeah, they did. And for, you know, for a while, he'd pop up every once in a while and Superman would get rid of him. But, yeah, they just kept popping back up and they started to overuse him. So, so it'd be interesting to see what their take is on this way. Yeah. Bob, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, for a second there, I thought uh, that Segel, the grandfather, is going to have to make a decision between, in, in other words, the grandfather knows that Krypton is going to blow up and his grandson will become Superman. But if he stops Krypton from blowing up, and he may have the capability of doing that. So what we're actually saying is that three generations, at least two generations, knew Krypton was going to blow up. It wasn't just Jor-El. Right. It was his his father that knew Krypton was going to blow up and couldn't do anything about it. Or Adam Strange goes back, tells the grandfather it's going to blow up, but you kind of have to let it blow up because, you know, the universe needs Superman. I don't know. That's an interesting thing if the grandfather knows. Uh, It's one thing for Adam Strange to know and to go back into time to... To, to stop Doomsday from doing whatever Doomsday is going to do, which is also an interesting choice uh, because Doomsday has morphed into now apparently a, you know, rather 
thoughtful, thinking, smart creature with time travel. Uh, instead of just this brute created uh, as a lethal killing weapon. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They're they're making some interesting choices. And, and I think like Pat, I'm really open minded to this. You know, this is the Bob. I think if it if it had, if this stuff had happened, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, maybe even uh, when did Smallville go off the air? Was that 10 years ago? I don't remember. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So Smallville uh, kind of got us all into the brain cell that, oh, we can put these characters in a toy, you know, over here in a sandbox and just play with them and make stuff up. Uh, loosely based on comics here and there and throw in a little of this and a little of that. Uh, so, you know, my mind has been opened towards it. For example, I really like Gotham. I think Gotham is a terrific TV show and some people hate it. Hardcore Batman fans might hate it. Uh, but I'm curious to see what they're going to do with with Krypton in that vein, because my mind now has been open to some of these. And I'm kind of like Pat. I don't know the actors. Um, I don't really know the storyline that they're really planning on other than right. it's it takes place uh, 200 years before Krypton explodes. But now we're hearing that it's um, uh, possibly the grandfather knew that Krypton going to blow up. So, so it could be very interesting. That's the kind of interesting things when you do a prequel. It's how much of the stuff we already know do they bring and put into the prequel? Do they lead up to the stuff we already know? Or do the stuff we already know, they just say, you know, I never really, you know, screw that that invulnerable cape thing. Let's just give him an aura and move on. What? Right. <laughs> what are you doing that for? So, though, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see. That's what happens with a prequel. You got, you got, uh, you know, it could zillion different ways. So we'll see what they do with it. Yeah. And real quick. Yeah. It looks like Smallville ended uh, in 2011. Oh, ah, okay. So it's been about seven years okay. now. Wow. So see, and that was on for 10 years. So, yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, 10 years. <laughs> oh, wow. You know? And yeah, you're talking about Gotham. I, I'm, I'm more in the middle on Gotham. I like parts of it and parts of it. This isn't Batman. So I, yeah, I'm yeah. learning to try to let go of some of that continuity and some of that fanboyism, yeah. if you will. I think if the acting was, had been bad, if been really bad over the top or something, but we've got actors who are uh, making that Penguin and that Riddler and and these guys actually believable as as almost cartoon comic book characters in real life. They're just yeah. I think the acting and the writing on the thing so far has just been really good. And I was wondering, how are they going to get this little skinny kid here? He's got gorgeous black hair and beautiful eyes. But how are they going to get this little skinny kid here in the next three, four five years to start acting and looking and feeling like Batman and Bruce Wayne? And I think mid-season right now. Uh, what did he get? Yeah, it was really cool. I thought, hey, he <laughs> pulled that off okay. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if he goes as long as Smallville did. We watched yeah. Tom Welling develop to where uh, a CG costume almost looked like he was wearing it. So, <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know, anything can happen. Yeah. I like him playing with it. Uh, I mean, they're even playing with Air Superman in the Supergirl show. They're giving Supergirl stuff that that was traditionally Superman stories. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, with a, a universe apparently that has the Superman in it. So they're giving her his stories so they could not have happened to him or something. So anyway, they're playing with the timey-wimey multiverse universe thing over there, too. So uh, yeah, I think, bring it on. Yeah, I think you have to look at it in, in another light that I'm just – 
thinking of it right now is the more you get I don't know, oversaturated, oversaturating it isn't ex- exactly that bad. It's maybe you're getting new readers to look, you know, you're getting new readers from the TV show that's going to, well, let me check out this Batman or let me check out the script mm-hmm. on the Superman. Let me dig a little bit more into it. Mm-hmm. I know, think that it, definitely happened in the Supergirl comics because uh, midstream, uh, literally within two issues, they went from having kind of the new 52 Supergirl origin story to now she's working in the comic <laughs> with the D.E.O. and oh, okay. wears a wig. And, and, and uh, I mean, in the comics now, they have pulled in a bunch of stories from the TV show. That's the car you're kind of seeing now in the comic book. Uh, even the similar costume with the boots and the red skirt again. So, um, yeah, so it, it did have an effect and, uh, and I'm glad to see that. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to see if it does any other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it might just be like Smallville. Smallville didn't really help sales of Superman in me. And, uh, we don't know. And, you know, it, it helped Smallville. Smallville was very popular, but, right. uh, it, it didn't, you know, you, you you know, and that wasn't really even a comic book to go with that. And uh, the history of Superman in the comic was totally different at the time, even when it was on the air. They weren't trying to associate the Superman comics of that time period with Smallville in any way, shape, or form. So uh, only after it went off the air, they did that digital season 11 comic. Right. That, that was not terrible. Not terrible. It would have been interesting. Because I was at the time, at the time it went off the air. In that last episode, I thought to myself, okay, change the name to Metropolis and let's just keep going right from here. This isn't bad. You got a good cast now. I will accept Welling if he'll actually put the suit on and get out there, not just flutter a cape in front of the camera. But, you know, I liked all the characters. Uh, she was a great Lois Lane and, and they had everybody in place to, to continue as yeah. a new, a new show right point. I thought they pulled it off really well. But then oh, well, I, thought, I thought they should have done that several years before. Like after the fourth or fifth episode, they should have changed it to Metropolis and moved them and, and started growing them there. But. Yeah, probably. You're probably right because once really did move to Metropolis, once everything really started happening there, uh, it was a totally different show at that point. It was everything was in place for him to be Superman, even though they, uh, for a number of on screen and off screen and actorial, tractoral reasons and this and that. Uh, he was never really going to be Superman. It, it, he, right. Even to this day, and there's a great podcast, uh, him talking to Michael Rosenbaum, who played um, my favorite Lex Luthor, actually, of all of them ever, anywhere. He was just great. But the two of them talked for like 90 minutes on Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. And he questions some of his decisions. But uh, overall, when you hear the two of them talk about their time on that show, it's it's crystal clear what they were trying to do and why he did not want to put the suit on and kind of even answers the questions when people are saying every time there's a Superman events, whether it's Supergirl or even Krypton, are we going to see Tom? Is Tom Welling going to be in it? Got to have Tom <laughs> Welling. Ooh, Tom <laughs> Welling, Superman. Hey. He doesn't want to do that folks. <laughs> you know, yeah. the guy has a life. He's not, you know, it was a part. He enjoyed it, but it was, uh, it was a lifestyle. Those guys, they hauled him off to Canada put them up there for 16, 18, 20 hours a day for, you know, most of their years. And uh, uh, he said, I don't want to do that anymore. Come on, leave me alone. Go watch Lucifer. He's on Lucifer. You can see him on Lucifer, and he's doing a job on Lucifer. So Tom Welling. Yeah. So there, talk about getting us off the track. Man, I 
just knocked the It's still relatively close, field, so I'll allow it. <laughs> it was still Krypton related in that it was about Tom yes. Welling, who played Clark, who uh, was Superman, who came from Krypton. So, there. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys have any other thoughts on the synopsis, uh, we want our final thoughts. Apparently, we've got a release date for Krypton. Apparently, it's going to premiere on the Sci Fi Channel on March the 21st of 2018. Countdown begins. Yeah, we can. We're, you know, 100 days less than that. January, February, March. Yeah, we're like nine days. We've been waiting since since like 2014, 2015 or so when I first heard about it. Mm -hmm. And here it is, the 2000, yeah, 2014, 2015. Here it is, 2018, we're finally getting it, so... I hope it does what sci-fi is hoping it does, which is, you know, bring science fiction back to the science fiction channel. That would be nice. Yes. But that's, you know, it hits all of my right buttons. It's Superman-related, and it's science fiction. And I love science fiction. That's, that. you know, when you mix those two, when, when Superman has good science fiction elements, it just doesn't get any better than that. I know there are people who like a more grounded Superman who want him to be, you know... Clark on the farm all the time, which is fine. And that's a very valid, you know, uh, way to want your Superman to be. But uh, to me, walking there for a year. Yeah. yeah no, thank sorry, you. Sorry. <laughs> no, thank you, man. That was terrible. Ugh. Even great yeah. artwork couldn't save that crap. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, 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 it is that kind of thing that if you have good science fiction, uh, with, I mean, he's a science fiction character for crying out loud. He's right. from another planet, and he has superpowers. <laughs> he's not Batman. Come on. So yeah, so I'm really looking forward. To it. And here we are. We're 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 three months away from it. This is this is pretty yeah. amazing. Well, not only he's from another planet, it's from a planet with with futuristic. I mean, it, it, more advanced than us. That's what we're looking for. So I mean, you would think it would have quite a bit of sci-fi elements to it. Mm-hmm. Again, done mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they've chosen to bring Adam Strange in, which adds another whole element of science fiction. And I think if they play their cards right, and if this guy is as charismatic, I think he can be in that role. There's a show waiting to happen right there. Yeah. Okay. That is a pure science fiction show, for crying out loud. A guy who gets beamed to another planet and has a whole other life. Wife, family, history. I mean, it's too. Jetpacks and laser guns. How can you not do that? That's like a space cowboy right there. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So I I think if they play their card, I'm looking forward to seeing an Adam Strange spinoff on the Sci Fi channel. Uh, Doomsday, I'm hoping, will be simply a vehicle that we see glimpses of or very little of. I think he should come in, do what he needs to do to get the thing rolling or whatever. Kind of like the one-armed right. man in The Fugitive. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember The Fugitive. But we didn't really yeah. see much of the one-armed man. We just knew that he was chasing him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. That's all I care about Doomsday. He's the yeah. vehicle that gets Adam Strange to go to do whatever is going to happen. But we don't need to see Doomsday with his little pointy things all the time, all the day trash and stuff right i want to see some good science fiction some good stories uh the image uh that they released looks good we don't know who those people are an older man standing next young boy somebody said is that kal-el it better not be we don't want to see a you know a 12 year old kal-el still on krypton so 
Uh, I'm hoping. Yeah, I would hope not. Yeah, I'm hoping that's Jor-El at the oldest we'll ever see Jor-El is there. Uh, from what I'm understanding, we're going to see a grandfather who is not a grandfather. He's in his 20s. He's it's the kind of the begin the rebuild of the L House of L. So, yeah, I think the little tidbits they've thrown at us so far with the nice trailer. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention in the trailer, the quick glimpse we see of the red cape with a black S in the back. That's the new 52 cape. That's the only comic book, the only time in the comics we've ever seen a red cape with a black S on it was in the new Grant Morrison's New 52 when it started. And and just as Jor-El and Lara put Kal-El in the rocket, Jor-El reaches up on the wall and he says, I'm going to put my father's cloak. So that is the grandfather's red cloak, New 52 cape. That, Very uh, nice. Yeah, so if that, in fact, is the callback, and I think it is because it literally only in the 80 years of Superman, the only cape that's ever had the black S on it was the New 52. So them showing that quims in that trailer, uh, a little hair stood up on my arms. I went, oh, cool, because if, in fact, uh, and I'm giving them credit that that that's the kind of history genre we're going on uh, on that one. So that in in this one, we'll never get to the Superman stuff, but he in this one will probably not be Superboy either. So I don't think we'll ever get back to that. And that's sad. Unless you come and listen to the Superman Forever radio <laughs> podcast <laughs> where I'll talk Superboy. <laughs> The Adventures of Superman when he was a boy. But anyway, that's what I wanted to say about that cape real quick, because it is the new 52 cape. Uh, and the other thing right. about a cape is put a cape on Henry Cavill that has an S on it because, and even in the animated series, if Superman doesn't have an S on that cape, it's just a red cloth. It's a blanket. It's with an S. Yes. If you see two reds of something in the floor over there, and one of them's got a yellow S on the back of it, and one of them doesn't, which one is Superman cape? The other one's just a piece of paper. Yeah. You need the S. It's special. It makes it there. And see that S on this cape, it, it made me go, oh, goody, goody, goody. This is cool. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, so far, I'm very happy about what I've heard about Krypton coming up. Yeah, no, I agree about the S being on the, the S needs to be on the cape to, to make it Superman's cape. Otherwise, yeah, like you said, it's just a, it's just a red cape. Yeah, it's exactly. a red piece of cloth. Exactly. The, the S lets us know who we're, you know, from behind, you know who you're talking you about. You bet. You bet. Uh, do you have any other thoughts, Pat? I'm just, you know, I'm I'm kind of curious how much they will kind of leave Superman somewhat out of it to kind of keep that mysteriousness about it where they're not going to bring a flash forward to, of him or, or things like that in just to kind of keep this right. separated. Mm-hmm. You know? That's yeah. What, yeah. I'm I'm curious. You know, or are they going to try to, you know, wean that in there, ever so often? And I, I mean, I would like it without, personally, just to, without without Superman. Yeah, just yeah. You know, concentrate too, on on the yeah. Concentrate on his grandfather and that that story there, because you can just seems like you can open that world up so much more without having Superman there. I, we all know it. He's there. Okay, this is what it's all about. So I I don't need to see it. <laughs> exactly. I agree with yeah. The 100%. I think the only way we'll actually ever see Superman is if for some reason the ratings start to, yeah. you know, not do what they want. And they're going to think, oh, we need to let people know what this is about. So they'll do some sort of a future story or a quickie or a something, especially if they look at what happened in Supergirl. You know, they kept hinting that Superman was in that universe. Mm -hmm. But at some point they had to show him because of the way they played it. Yeah. 
Yeah. They they had to show it. And if they had played it differently, at one point I was hoping that on that multiverse he didn't even exist. This was yeah. her story. He never even came to Earth. It was right. totally a Supergirl world. Uh, but once they started having his red boots laying behind her or, you know, yeah. him getting knocked out and her not getting all of that's crap, then they had to show him. Yeah. Right? And yeah. And, and, and then I was going to say, and then no, go ahead. Of, go ahead. And then that kind of flows into the other, you know, the rest of the CW universe. There's like, OK, if he's there. Why isn't he coming in this season's yeah. crossover? And I'm like, exactly. And that's the kind of thing you have to be careful of in TV. Uh, but I always go back to like yeah. Silver Age comics when people start to think, you know, well, if that guy was just beating the crap out of Supergirl, why? Where was Superman? How come he didn't come in and help her? Because yeah. it's her show. It was like, you know, uh, when you're reading comics and you're picking up, you know, uh, uh, this month's Justice League and so and so is in it. You think, well, why didn't Green Lantern just come in and, you know, he could make his ring and just zap away all that stuff. No problem. Well, he's somewhere else. You you have to kind of separate that. Uh, but I think the yeah. way CW played Supergirl kind of almost painted themselves into a corner. They had to show him at that point. And then they got, I think, yeah. lucky. I don't know, lucky. Casting is is is, is a real art form, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But even though this guy doesn't really look like Superman very much, the Tyler Hecklin, mm-hmm. uh, the way he was written and the way he acted – Particularly yeah. in that yeah. first appearance of him, when he walked to the DEO and 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 started shaking people's hands, and you could feel the presence of Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That to me clinched it. Even though he doesn't look like him, uh, he was Superman. He he really pulled it off. Yeah. And uh, the scenes with Melissa and him doing things together and saving stuff, they have really pulled that <laughs> off. I think they've done a really good job of that. But now we have to ask the questions. Does Superman exist in Flash world or Arrow's world? Apparently not. We know that Flash and Arrow exist in the same world, and some of the DC legends exist in the same. So uh, I don't know. I love it. I'm hooked on it. I don't care. Bring me more of it. You know, I'll figure all that continuity stuff out. Just show (laughs) me my – and the crossover, the crisis on Earth X this time. Come on. That was – That was good. Did you ever think you would yeah. see something like that on television? DC. No, when they showed, yeah, when, when they showed they the showed, ray, when they showed the ray, yeah. I was like, oh my oh, no. god! I'm sure not. Lionel may not care, not know who he is. I love that. I thought that was great. Exactly, and they pulled it off in prime time, yes. and they did a crossover the right way. Not just make okay, this is Supergirl centric episode that moves into flashes that moves into the. It was a four hour. Yes. movie mm-hmm. it was done so well i was so pleased with that i uh unlike last year's invasion yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly that's, that's another, exactly that's, oh, that's, exactly <laughs> you know so we're living in good times i mean if you had told me as a kid hey all these guys you like they're going to be in the movies they're going to be on tv every night you're going to be having some of this stuff when all I had at the time was George Reeves and then, uh, which, hey, don't get me wrong, George Reeves is still the greatest Superman that ever walked on the planet. But to know what we have now, uh, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing for those of us who grew up where you couldn't choose what to watch. You watch what was on. Mm-hmm. And now 
entertainment is at your fingertips. There's, it's hardly much you can think about, whether Just it's stuck away. Yep. Yeah, anything. It's all there. And it's and for the most part, there's some really good television these days. Ooh. So well, they're all I think they're all fighting for that stream time that, you know, how, <laughs> how many people can we get? Mm hmm. It's just well, that's what I've been saying on on my Facebook and on this DC group I'm on that you know whether I may complain about these shows and these movies, remember what I say about them? Mm. No matter what I say right now, as Bob said, this is a fantastic mm-hmm. time to be a geek. I mean, yes. you know, like Bob said, when I grew up, we had you know the Christopher Reeve Superman movie, which was fantastic. We had a decade later, we had the Batman movie. You know, we'd have these movies every once in a while. We had the Flash series in the early 90s. But now there's so much so much comic book goodness to watch that you can actually pick and choose. Yeah, isn't it amazing? I didn't even oh, go to all the you movies. You don't like Gotham? This well, watch year. this one. You don't like, you don't, you don't like this Batman vs. Superman? Yeah. yeah. You don't like Batman vs. Superman? Well, here's you know, all these Marvel uh-huh. movies. There's, there's all these different choices you have. You can pick and choose. And still have a lot of stuff yes. to watch. So. It's, it's just amazing. I think the only thing that, you know, there's this big debate, obviously, DC versus Marvel uh, in the comics and now Warner Brother versus Marvel Studios in, in the, right. the movie. Universe. And, you know, uh, I'm not going to you know get into that, but I think one thing I would do if I were Warner Brothers is I think one of the smartest things that happened was Marvel established an entire movie division that did nothing but develop Marvel characters for the big screen. Warner Brothers, their superhero movies, they're all still coming to the same budget, the same casting characters, the same director, the same people that do their romantic comedies, that do their series movies, that do their this and that. It's all the same thing to the bean counters and the suits over there. And I think if they would split their, their superhero movies into a division of its own like Marvel has and just call it whatever, I don't care what they call it, but, but right. Warner Brothers DC or whatever. The name. Yeah, but have it its own entity where it develops the DC characters for the big screen like Marvel has. Whether you agree with you know DC's approach of trying to, quote, catch up to Marvel – because Marvel put out an Iron Man, then of this, then of that, leading up to Avengers, where DC said, ooh, we don't have that much time. Okay, here's Justice League, and they're all great. Now we'll go do the individual guys. Okay, fine. Either way, I, I like the Justice League. I don't, I don't mind. You don't have to show me, you know, an Aquaman movie before I see a Justice League movie. I want to see an Aquaman movie, but, <laughs> you know, uh, I'll wait. I'll, it's my thoughts. You know, put them, but give Warner Brothers their own thing and separate it from their rom-coms and all their other bean counter movies. Yes. And let it be its own entity. That's my well, thing. Well, in, in my, as I've complained about elsewhere, part of my problem with the DC movies is that they don't really seem to have a clear picture of where they want to go. Because they, they keep changing it. As they, something doesn't work, instead of trying to make it work and go along with it, they let's switch gears. Because originally it was supposed to be the Green Lantern movie supposed to be the start of their cinematic universe. That bombed. Well, again, I think I think that goes back to because it's all part of Warner Brothers and not part of a right. DC movie thing. Because, I never thought about that way, but now that you've mentioned it, I think that would be an improvement. It. Yeah, because the sci-fi should do a Green Lantern TV show. Oh, oh man, how cool God. would that be? The Green Lantern Corps. I'm reading the oh, Green Lantern man. Corps right now in the comics, Hal I, Jordan. Holy, that's a great comic book. 
I mean, that is hitting all the right buttons. Aliens, power rings, willpower, oh, fear, yeah. good versus... I just don't think they have the budget to do it good. Oh, man, it's so good. Would be my only fear, Ooh. but that would... If they if they had the budget to do it properly, I, I agree with yeah. Pat about having the show and about Bob say about that comic being great right now. Yeah. Yeah, the Hal of the Green Lanterns. Yeah, that's... Even in the Justice League movie, the little when the guy died, the Green Lantern, the little ring came off his finger and flew. Up. <laughs> oh, cool! How that is, yeah. boy. Yeah, well, come on. DC has yeah, such I've great, great characters, <laughs> and there's just no reason for them to get the. You know, you know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I tried asking this on another roundtable discussion. Is it possible that? You know, it's not that DC's screwing up or anything. It's just that maybe the public right now just likes the Marvel characters more than they like the DC characters. Because, I mean, you're getting a billion dollars for the D, for the Marvel guys, and you're getting 800 or 900 million. So just under right. the Marvel. You know, but Marvel consistently across the board seems to be outselling both in comics, uh, movies, you know, and, and other places, uh, except in TV. They're getting yeah. their butt kicked in TV, but and I th- uh, and I think if you do a good job in TV, you can wouldn't that help boost your sales more? Because a movie, you would think, you know, your movie is three, four months maybe, and then it's gone out of people's mm-hmm. mind onto the next thing. Where yeah. the TV show, you're it, it's there for a while. It's so there, you, yeah. And I think that's one of the things too that that you have to be so careful in a movie because, like, you get one shot at it. This movie. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, whether it's a Man of Steel or Justice League, that's your shot. Where if it's on TV and you put up an episode of Justice League, or we'll take DC Legends as a good example of a Mm team-type superhero show. This one may suck. Rip Hunter may be really blowing lines, and it may be a terrible episode, but the next one will be so incredible it blows you away, and you don't even remember that last one. Because it's baseball. You've got another game tomorrow. Okay, we lost tonight, but yeah. you've got another game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, kind of like uh, comparing football and baseball. Football, you've only got 16 games. Each one is very important. You lose your first four games, you may not yeah. make the playoffs. In baseball, you lose your first 20 games, you think, wow, that was a bad streak. But we have a game tomorrow. Yeah. It's, there's difference. Yeah. And, and the same thing in movie and TV. You're rolling the dice. You're spending so much money on that movie. If it doesn't make back a gazillion dollars on the money you spent, then they consider it a failure. Whereas TV, they spend a million dollars. The people go, wow, that was a great episode. It made me cry because, oh, I love Carousel. And it's a great episode. They didn't spend any money on it. So, you know, it's it's that kind of a thing you can play with. And then sometimes TV uh, can play a full story out and give you the details and the character development. That you can't get in a two-hour movie or three and a half-hour movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Not to say I don't like the movies. I like the movies. <laughs> 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 Got to be careful. It's the internet. I, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> though, you know, I, I can also say I've actually, I, I do like the movies, though it's where in comics, I'm more of a DC guy. I'm not a big fan of what Marvel's doing right now. In the movies, I'm more of a Marvel fan. I'm enjoying what Marvel's doing. And then the TV, well, obviously DC's got it hitting out of the park. So, <laughs> And that's all right. That's all right that you can enjoy comics in But overall, I enjoy it all. Media, yeah. Yeah. Good time to be a geek. Yep. That's what I say. I, I'm behind on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm behind on a couple other shows. But you know what? 
I've got so much to watch. I'm watching all this other stuff. I don't have time. To... I actually, I actually bailed <laughs> on, on Agents of Shield in the second season. So I'm going to have a lot of binging to do to keep up on that. I didn't think that one would last. And it's one of the flaws I think with Marvel's TV thoughts of tying the TV show universe to movie universe because the TV show. And I think the first two seasons of Agents suffered for that because they were waiting for the Avengers movie to come out and they couldn't reveal certain stuff and they couldn't develop the story on the TV show because they wanted movie to come out and the development of the TV show took place after the movie. So to me, that was stupid. You wasted a season and a half and you lost me as kind of a mainly a DC guy who jumps into Marvel occasionally. I got too many other choices to stick with you while you get it together. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in humans, uh, I thought they did a terrific job in a, in a short miniseries with the Inhumans. Although I think they cheated cutting Medusa's hair off in the first, like, ten yeah. minutes of the first episode because they didn't want to end it. Too, too expensive to animate her hair through the whole thing. So we're just going to cut it off right that, at the beginning. Okay. And see, that's what I'm afraid about them doing a Green Lantern TV show. Yeah. It's that same problem there. They're not going to use the ring effect- effectively because yes. of cost. I agree. I agree. That yeah. is a that is a, a a possible downside of some of our superhero stuff on TV. Um, uh, but I think the thing that counters that is we did see some really good special effects in the Crisis on Earth X. And in this past season oh, yeah. of both Flash and Supergirl, there were some scenes, yeah. and I know a lot of people were a little nervous when Supergirl left CBS to go to the CW, that the budget was getting, that the actors were getting, a lot of stuff was getting cut. But the story, and I think this second season was a better season than the first season. Uh, I think they did a great yes. job. And there was one scene in a shootout where Alex jumps backwards out of a window shooting oh. <laughs> and just knowing Supergirl will be there to catch her. And it was that yeah, to that me was, was right out of a comic book. That looked so good. <laughs> and how they shot that incredible scene. So, uh, again, we're living in good time where they can do, you know, these really medium, low budget superhero TV shows. And they're looking good and they're keeping involved. And yes. It's getting us there. It's amazing. And, well, if you think about it, you don't have to show it all because we didn't see everything in the comics to begin with either. Exactly. You don't see, you know. Exactly. Let the imagination do it. Set it up. The the human brain's a pretty cool thing if you do it right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. So I'm pleased. Well, yeah. Well, good. I'm glad glad to hear that you're excited for what's coming out and that you're like like us. You're you're eager to see Krypton uh, getting back to what we're here for. Krypton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before we before we wrapped up uh, wrap up, Bob, give me the thoughts on Krypton, the TV show. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I wasn't at first, to be honest with you. When I when I saw the promo, or not the promo, the uh, I think it was just one still image and a text, like in 2015 or something. Uh, I thought, uh oh, uh oh, because you know it's prequel itis or something. Uh, prequels, right. prequels are hard, right, George Lucas? They're hard. <laughs> They're really hard. So my first thought was, uh oh. But uh, the closer it's gotten to it, and then when they made a few changes, and uh, also uh, because I heard so much bad press about Goyer, you know, I was thinking, oh, this is his project, and he wrote that, and nobody liked that. Everybody's yelling about that. Ooh, no. So I was starting to think, well, this is going to suck. But then you start to see other things come out, and you go, well, I can't wait to see that. That doesn't sound bad. What's wrong with that? So now 
uh, like, what was it, this week or last week, I guess, when the latest promo came out. And when I saw the little red cape with the black S on it, I went, okay, I'm in. I'm in. Because <laughs> it's Superman. It's his grandfather's cloak. And that makes me right. happy. So we'll see what they do with that. Overall, now, I have come around to where now I'm going, wow, March? Really? Cool. 21st? Yeah, boy. Even though I don't have sci-fi, I'll have to binge it somewhere. I'll figure it out. <laughs> there, there are yes. ways to find it. <laughs> oh, hey, do you have any other thoughts? Oh, no, I'm... I. Yeah, I think I'm just, I'm like Bob, I'm, the more we can, just this, us talking right now is getting me excited about it, so I'm ready to get my crypt on. <laughs> you know, How about you? I don't like being top that, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I think you guys have said everything, I mean, I, I, I get a little worried when they're, they're making changes, because originally it was supposed to be just pre- Superman, Jor-El's father, dealing with politics and this on Krypton. This sounds interesting. A lot of people complain, oh, Krypton blows up, who cares? You know, I'm interested. I don't, you know, I don't care. But then they changed it and included Adam Strange. I love Adam Strange, so that, that's a plus to me. So I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen, how they're going to play it out. Uh, like Bob has said several times, I hope they keep the sci-fi aspect of it on the sci-fi channel. Mm-hmm. I think if they, they do that, I think it'll be a good show. Yeah, I want to see flying cars and ray guns and teleporters and time. Yeah, we talked about before, I'd like to see some of the some of the creatures from Crypto. Yeah, boy. Yeah. And since it is some of the same people that did Man of Steel, and I loved that Krypton. That so far is my favorite live action Krypton. Uh, over 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 super the Christopher Reeve and all those guys, George, you know. It's my favorite live-action Krypton. And in that scene where Orel whistled for his flying dragon guy thing, and he jumped on it and flew away, I think I cheered. I think I physically cheered in the audience. There was, you know, uh, I love that. Uh, so that's science fiction. That's what I want, you know. And I know that I have a friend who, who uh, you know, I love him dearly, but his head does not wrap around science fiction. You know, he'll look at a transformer right. and go, well, wait a minute. The physics won't allow a Corvette to turn into a 20 story building. <laughs> you can't do it. Come on. It's it's a thing. You know, imagine it when he saw the scene. He said, well, there, there's the the biology of a planet like that would not allow a creature with those <laughs> kinds of. Oh, shut up. It's a flying <laughs> dragon and it's Jor-El's <laughs> personal flying dragon. Come on! Yes, sometimes you got to suspend disbelief. Yeah. And, you know, just deal with it. Yeah, boy. So I'm looking forward to it. Suspend all that disbelief. Give me some flying dragons uh, and uh, flying cars and ray guns, and I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. And I guess that's that time of the show. Uh, Bob, you want to tell the fine folks out there where they can find you if they want to hear more of your ramblings? Yeah, you can find me ramble on about Superman at Superman Forever Radio Podcast. That's the podcast name, Super Forever Radio Podcast, at supermanforever.com or wherever you get podcasts. You can do podcasting or wherever, iTunes, search for Superman Forever, and you'll find me, Bob Fisher. I also have a Facebook page for Superman Forever called the Superman Forever Podcast page. Hey, good thing because it's Superman. Yay. See where I'm going with that? <laughs> Superman Forever. Right. Uh, and I'm also just Bob Fisher on, on Facebook. 
and uh, I'm there. I don't tweet or Twitter or Instagram or anything else. I am strictly on Facebook, and that's my only social media. Oh, there. Supermanforever.com. <laughs> and Pat, why don't you tell the fine folks at home where they can find you at? Well, you can find me and uh, me rambling on with some other co-hosts of mine on the Longbox Crusade, uh, where we take a look at some of the comics in a random order in my comic book collection. And or, we also do another podcast called Crusader Chronicles, where we are actually going through chronologically through the, the long boxes that I have. Check that out there and uh, give us a listen. Let me know what you think. And how about you, Aaron? Uh, real quick before I go on, uh, I guess I do. I have been enjoying your shows, and I did like the, the 12 Days of Crusade Miss? Christmas thing you guys just yeah. finished. <laughs> Crusade Miss, that's what it's called. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I thought that was a great show. Thank you. And again, before I plug my stuff, let me real quick uh, give a plug for Matt. Uh, Matt's working on uh, Comics with Kenobi. And he does some work with Comic Book Noob. I definitely recommend looking for those and checking that stuff out. But as far as me, you can find me on, well, the Headcast Network, where I have four different shows. I've got my Head Speaks, which I talk about comics, movies, wherever catches my interest. I am in the process of getting ready to start a Armageddon 2001 mega crossover, where I'm talking about the Armageddon 2001 series from DC Comics back in the early 90s. And I plan on having a having a guest host on every episode. Uh, besides that, I have Task Force X, where I talk about Suicide Squad and Checkmate. I also have my G.I. Joe, a real American headcast, where me and a, a band of semi-regulars join me. Pat is one of my usual guests on the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> and we talk about the G.I. Joe comic from the late uh, 80s and early nineties and the TV show from the eighties. And then my final show there is the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, where I talk about the Will Payton Starman and the Mark Shaw Manhunter comics. Again, both from the late eighties, early nineties. Uh, and then I'm also here. So go ahead and check us out and be sure to, you know, whichever show you guys listen to out there, write in, let, let me or Pat or Bob, whichever show you're listening to, let us what you guys think about the shows. I know myself, I enjoy hearing from people. And I'm sure these other guys enjoy it also. It's always good getting feedback. Yes. People letting you know what, you, what they think. Definitely. It's always a, it's a good time. Good. Yeah. Good time but for podcasts as well. Do f- mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Too many of those, too. Boy, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's I get anything there's... done anymore. I'm listening to podcasts, and I'm thinking, you know, you know, if I just cut back on my podcasts, I might be able to get more of my own out there. Because I'm listening to all these other guys so much. Yeah. You know? And I'm terrible with yeah. holidays. I totally you know, think, wow, Christmas really crept up on me. Did we all, is it 25th of December every year? Wow. <laughs> Just <laughs> creeps right up on me. Happy New Year. Yeah, I have the same problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yes, everyone out there, yes, Happy New Year. I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that other stuff. Uh-huh. And hopefully we'll get these out on a more regular basis, especially now that the show's coming up. We're going to try to get more of these out. But until next time, again, I am Aaron. I'm Pat. I'm Bob. You guys have been listening to the Krypton Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Krypton Podcast. Be sure to check out our next exciting episode. Also, visit our website at kryptonpodcast.com and on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Krypton Podcast. 
Also, be sure to send your thoughts to us at kryptonpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Also, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time, this has been the Krypton Podcast. Podcast.